I'm Tony Tardio. Hello and welcome to Darren Hinch's That's Life podcast, a podcast where we talk about the big stories of the past, the big stories of today, through the prism of Hinch's six decades in the media. In this episode, the allegations of rape levelled against Attorney General Christian Porter. The alleged victim has died. Police have ruled out laying any charges. Should he be subjected to a special inquiry? And can he ever clear his name? Mr Hinch, welcome to That's Life again. And how is life? Very good. Extremely well, as I say. Extremely well. Excellent. I'm still doing my Goya walks, uh, say, six days a week, about five five kilometres, up to the Botanic Gardens and back. Uh, You're quite remarkable, Darren, because you've got a full head of hair still. (laughs) You know, men your age don't have that much hair. Isn't it funny, you know, because my my brother, poor bugger, he was... He got terrible acne when he was a teenager. I got none. He was bald at 29, and I'm in my 70s, and I've still got a full head of hair. You know? <laughs> so he got all the genes. He did. He did. So your dad, did he have a full head of hair? Yeah, he did for a long time. And suppose it comes from your grandmother on your father's side or something. And my dear Nana still had a, a head of black hair, not so much grey, just bits of pepper and salt. And she was 96, and she still had a lot of hair. So yeah, well, it does. Yeah. It's, it's good. I'm, I am very pleased about it. We're going to talk about um, Christian Porter and the case, uh, the alleged uh, the allegations against him when i was driving here today i was thinking you are uniquely placed because you've been on both sides of the fence in an, an issue like this i mean totally different case but uh, you've fought for women and uh, against sexual assault pretty much all your working life mm. but you've also been accused of uh, something that's true like uh, that. so when you say been on both sides i've been on that Four or five sides. Because A, I've been a politician. Uh, B, I, I know, do know the Attorney General, and I was falsely accused of a sexual assault. I mean, I, I'd only just got married, and I pick up the Herald Sun, and on page one of the Herald Sun is uh, an accusation against, accusation against me of, of sexual assault. And uh, I remember going on Three AW. That was about that would have been about two thousand and six, I suppose. I remember going on Three AW the next day or that day or that night, and just said, "Your your good name is all you got." You know, you live or die by it and, and being honest and being straight. And so I, I took it head on. Um, the accuser was a former business partner who owed the company a fair bit of money and it emailed me and told me that she was going to destroy me. And so she made this allegation. Uh, I went on air and refuted it. I then um, did the smart thing. I think I took my diaries and everything, proof, walked down the street to the St Kilda police station and handed them over and said to the coppers, there's personal stuff in here as well, but ignore it, go through it, you know, hear my diet. And I made a statement. Um, her lawyer actually sent me a letter, which I can send on to the Bar Council, saying if we paid her $50,000, she'd go away. You know, so it was a shakedown as well. And I said, this is extortion being encouraged by a lawyer. Uh, I then actually, I, I did sue for defamation. It got to the Supreme Court and they have a conciliation or mediation beforehand and on the day before we went into court, um, I guess what the advice of her lawyer, she signed a very detailed uh, apology and an admitting, admitting, admitting that um, it didn't happen and, uh, and so we took it from there. But I think that um, for Christian Porter's own sake, he should be pushing the PM for an independent inquiry. 
That's my belief. If it were me, that's what I'd be doing. Because I'd be, as I did with my own defamation, you fight tooth and nail to, to, to prove it's not true. Anybody can have an allegation made against yeah, them. But, but if you, okay, I know where you're coming from, but wouldn't you want to have some sort of hearing to say, it, to, to prove it didn't happen? Put your side of the case. Tell some independent judge or somebody like that um, uh, what didn't happen. Well, the thing is, though, Darren, what could come out of that hearing? Uh, there's no way that he could be found guilty. No, he's not going to go to court. He's not going to be charged. No. So what's the hearing going to determine? That well, it, it you, could have I, happened, I, I, it didn't no, happen? I would, I, would hope, I would hope, if I were Christian Porter, that the hearing would believe me and say it didn't happen. You know, um, I don't think the hearing could even do that. I, I, I think all that would happen with the hearing is her allegations would be made public, which they already have. His denials would be made public, which he's sort of done. Um uh, but but questions will be raised about did he did he have dinner with her in Perth a few years later did he uh, well he know, would he would deny that did he, yeah, but did he know anything about it but other people may have been there other witnesses friends of hers are coming out of the woodwork you know, as we speak I mean but I just know personally I would want it if, if that were happening to me and I was still in Canberra I'd be saying to the PM don't go out there saying I'm an innocent man go out there and say we, um, you know I, I believe you and I'm, I want you to remain as Attorney General but have have some sort of inquiry. The role in the media in all of this... Now, people have been talking about the allegations that were made against Bill Shorten mm. uh, some years ago, and uh, I have a memory of it. I, 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 I remember hearing the allegations over quite a long period of time, but it never bubbled up to become public. Well, well it just did. In the end, it made papers. In and the Bill, end, it did. Bill Shorten finally went public and said, this is about me, and he denied it. And but didn't prior happen. to that, during the police investigation, it, it wasn't No, no, it was, it, it, he was not named at all, and it was very, it was very much under the counter. So, yeah. so the point I would make is here, the ABC went open with this. They, 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 as soon as the letters or the emails or whatever it was that were sent to uh, the Prime Minister and uh, Penny Wong and, Penny Wong and other people, they then... Um, sent them to the cops. They went public with that. Um, and, of course, once it goes public, even though they didn't name him, the pressure starts to build. Well, people start... You know, irresponsibly just swiping you on, 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 on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You That's know. what happened to Christian Porter. Mm. But before that, people were wondering, who is it? We know it's somebody who's a cabinet minister. And then people are smart ass and say things like, oh, not a very Christian thing to do. You know, that sort of stuff filtered yeah. through Twitter Should for a long the time. ABC, at that point in the progression of the story, have gone public with all of that? The Canberra bubble story was a different story. It was about Christian Porter and somebody else, Alan Touch, I think. But... Um, they uh, their story was butchered because they had more on that they said they wanted to produce, which they have done again in a, in a more recent Four Corners. Their lawyers wouldn't let them go near it. They, I'm, I, my hearing is that they were going to go for the whole Christian Porter story earlier. Uh, and and you are the Attorney General. If there are allegations made against you, people should know it. You know you are the Chief Law Officer. I, I don't quite where I'm getting a bit sick of it. The Prime Minister's line about the rule of law, the rule of law, etc., etc. Because when when allegations were made against um, um, uh, Tyson Dyson Hayden, right, the Supreme Court judge, the Chief Supreme Court judge had called an inquiry. Now, if you listen to the Prime Minister's rule of law, the Chief Supreme Court judge shouldn't have done that, but she did. You know, I mean, it's because allegations are being made against uh, against a, a former Supreme Court judge and a, and a royal commissioner. 
What did you think of the media conference that uh, Christian Porter uh, did from Perth uh, on the day that he came out? Well, I'm, 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 I think if I'd have been him, I'd have come out earlier. Uh, it was obviously very emotional for him. Um, it was a, it was hard to watch. Uh, I don't agree with people who are saying that the media were like a pack of hounds on him. I mean, they were entitled to ask. That's their job, to ask questions. He. He held a press conference and and and, and says, "Okay, go, ask me questions." And people, it's the same thing during some of the uh, people criticising journos at Daniel Andrews' COVID conferences. I mean, they're there to ask questions. It's not we're not journos aren't PR people for politicians. How much of the? Which um, would be, remind me of something. I remember when uh, I had a huge fight with, with the three AW management once because. The AFL management then, before before the current management, had virtually come out and said something like, you know, you you, you broadcast our, our our games, therefore you shouldn't be critical of the AFL and whatever. I said, hey, I remember going around here saying, hey, we're not PR people for the AFL. Sure, we pay money and we broadcast your games. If something goes on in that game or on or off the field that doesn't that I don't like, I'll be telling you. And and if the, if three AW was a station that that pulled stuff back because. We own the we rerun the, the the games. That would be a terrible um, miscarriage. Well, that's why I don't like it when they say, you know, our partners. We're not partners. No, it's, it's a commercial deal, and, and to and, broadcast and, games. Yeah, but and everybody's happy mean, about it. The audience yeah. likes it. The AFL likes it. It gets more right out there. But I tell you, there's a lot of people within the AFL who think that uh, you are partners and and you you know should be nice to us. Tow, towing the line. Uh, how much? The, the family of this uh, lady involved in the uh, allegations against Christian Porter, from what I've read, they initially didn't want these allegations to be made public. Now, mm-hmm. given it's against the Attorney-General, again, should the ABC have followed the wishes of the family? Because she's dead. She can't speak for herself. Uh, it's a tough one. I'm not so sure because if, say, the family of a victim, some other, take this a totally separate case, okay, and the family says, no, don't do this, and yet the allegations against the Prime Minister or against a Chief Judge or something, sometimes you say, well, I'm sorry, this is, this is a, I know it's a terrible time for you, and everybody's trying to show respect for the family, but this is a bigger issue, you know, because if it is true, it's a huge, it's a huge moral and legal problem. The problem is it can never be proven that it's true. No, that's true. That's true. That's, true. that's, that's and that's a big problem because because yeah. even if there was an inquiry, do you think that would end the matter? Do you think that let's say there was an inquiry and the inquiry said, you know, on the balance of probabilities, I don't think this could be proven, which which I'm pretty <laughs> sure it can't be proven. Um, uh, Christian Porter is there with these allegations against him. Uh, he's in a very Bad situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I grant that. I grant that. As I said, I'd, if I was him, I'd, I'd have come forward earlier and I would be pushing the PM for uh, an investigation. Let us move on to something else. The WA election. That state has become a one-party state. <laughs> well, people say, you know, use the word landslide. I mean, Donald Trump claims he won in a landslide. They throw the word landslide around with, with uh, gay abandon. By God, this, this was a landslide. I mean, I remember I, when I was watching it last night, the other night, I, um, I recalled when 
when Queensland, when the Labor Party was absolutely decimated in Queensland and they called it the Tarago Party. So it had about seven <laughs> members and they could take them, well, they I could track them around I in, in, in a Tarago. minor party Well, now. no, they're now calling the Liberals out west, they're calling them the Vespa Party. <laughs> Because you date two people on the Vespa and they can visit... Are they even a party? I mean, do you actually... Well, no, get... they'll lose party status, I think, with two. So where do you, nationals... how do you come back from well, that? Well, the national... Well, the Labor came back in uh, in Queensland the very next election and, and, and won. So they can come back, but... Look, it was a disaster. The Nats, the Nats become the, the legal opposition. If they're not... If they don't have party designation, if they lose all money, it could come in from other sources. I mean, you've had um, Zach... What's his name? Uh, Kirkup, who by the end of the night was Jack Cockup. <laughs> Zach Cockup. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of the few people who didn't think he made such a bad decision when he announced two weeks out from the election that they were going to lose. Because I thought his tactic was, we're going to lose, and if I say well, we're not going to lose, you'll think I'm a dickhead, but... What he's, I think his message was, look, we're going to lose, but let's try and salvage as many deck chairs on the Titanic as we possibly can. Let's try and save 10 or 11. We'll only save one or two. But uh, it's, it's, I'd never heard of something before. And, and McGowan got on it very well saying, WA people, we people out west, we're not quitters. We don't give up. And, that, and especially, I mean, this was another COVID election. Keep this in mind. We've now seen, I call them COVID elections. New Zealand, Queensland, WA. The United States was a COVID election in reverse because Trump's behaviour on COVID cost him the White House. So these, I think, and I think COVID, despite the 800 deaths in the early days and the blunders in Victoria, I think the way he's handled COVID, and hopefully he gets back from his sickbed, but Daniel Angel, I think, and Labor are in a strong position in Victoria. I guess people in the middle of a pandemic like this, they see they're safe at the moment. So, mm. you know, they don't want to move. They're scared to vote for the other side because they just, you know, want a bit of security with what they've got. Well, it happens during line 9-11, you know. In a crisis, don't change horses. You know, go with the horse you know. And that that, that happens again and again and again. And as, as you all know, Tony, you don't vote governments in, you vote governments out. It can't, in the end, though, be good for democracy because who is going oh. to hold this government in Western Australia to account oh. Oh, in the parliament, it's just going to be a walkover. That's exactly right. But he, he's, he's being a bit clever, saying we're, we're going to here to uh, govern for all Western Australians. But look, it, it also hit at a good, an unusual time, and an unusual, apart from COVID, by him shutting the borders to protect my state. Out West, they like that. I mean, when I had started doing the Hinch program on television and we moved it from um, the East Coast, Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane, to take in Perth... I think it was Howard Sattler. I, was, I went to Perth to announce it. I think it was maybe Howard Sattler, the radio guy, who said, hey, Hinchy, a wise man came out of the East 2,000 years ago. We haven't seen another one since. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 and then they started calling I mean, I was, When I first came from Sydney to Melbourne, they called me the, the mouse from the south. And then out, out there, they called me the beast from the east. So <laughs> that Western Australian thing, I mean, they've still got this rubbish about seceding, which will never happen. But when you're out there, you do feel at times, we did cover America's Cups and things from out there in the middle of the night, but you do feel like you're in a different country. It's us against them. Yeah, it is yeah. us against them. And, yeah. and, and um, Palaszczuk did it quite well in Queensland too, you know. Queen, Queensland hospitals are for Queenslanders. You know? And during a national emergency, you wouldn't think some of you would say that, but they did. 
Some other issues, uh, Darren, you mentioned uh, Premier Daniel Andrews. Uh, he's um, recuperating. Uh, b- bad back. You've had bad backs. So Look, I, I put a tweet out about it because um, I, I've been there, done that. I uh, Showing off to a younger woman, I went on mountain bike riding and... Uh, and it's not true you never forget how to ride a bike because I came off – that's where you take a bike and a helicopter 3,000 feet up a mountain. The helicopter goes away and you ride the bike down. There's no tracks, just mud and stuff and stones. And I came off a couple of times and broke my back and broke my ribs. But the chopper had gone, so I had to either walk or ride or push a, a, a bike down the hill with a, uh, with a broken back. And I'd planned that afternoon to go bungee jumping. And luckily, my then partner, Natasha um, – phoned the bungee jumping people and said, hey, this guy's had a bad fall. He won't pass the medical. Because I was said, oh, look, I can't, I'm, I'm okay. But can you imagine bungee jumping with a broken back? I could have ended up in a wheelchair, you know. But, uh, but I, I know how he feels. And it's, it, it, it's, I was lucky in one way that the vertebrae I broke, I don't know about Andrews, the vertebrae I broke was inside my rib cage. So it didn't affect your movement. I mean, if, if, if your vertebrae is broken, that's... It's upon part of your spine which decides whether you can bend over or lean or whatever, that would be even worse. But mine was cocooned inside my ribcage, so it was painful as hell. I mean, you, you, I, slept, I slept sitting up in a chair for a month because you couldn't, you couldn't take the pain of lying down. Well, at this stage, they're saying uh, Daniel Andrews is not going to have an operation. Uh, the operation mm. is not uh, urgent, but I, I, I would think maybe over time he may well need to have an operation. But he'll be off work for quite some time. It could be months. Time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess that'll be interesting to see. Uh, James Molino is the Deputy Premier, so he's stepped up. So it'll be interesting to see how the Victorian government copes without Daniel Andrews at their helm. The other thing about but he, what But he's still, he's still um, mentally and everything. They kept stressing he didn't have head injuries. They kept stressing that. So, I mean, they can still phone him up and say, what do we do now? Um, should we do this or should we do that? He's not going to just disappear on yeah. a desert island. Uh, the police minister here in Victoria, who, who's also head of hotel quarantine now, Lisa Neville, she took some time off because she had Crohn's disease. Now, I know people who've had Crohn's disease. It's a very and, and stress apparently triggers it. And it, I'm sure it would. And it's, it, it's a debilitating illness when you've, got, when you've got an attack of it. It's uh, pretty bad. She's been photographed at a bar in... A restaurant drinking wine in Queensland, yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Well, look, she's entitled... She, she's on sick leave and you're allowed to go and have dinner when you're on sick leave if your stress is your main problem. Uh, and she was, I think, with another politician on the night. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Now, people said, well, why doesn't she holiday or take stress leave in Victoria? Well, knowing the way we are in Victoria, if somebody spotted a restaurant, I'd like to go up to her and give her a hard time. Um, I'll just say, somebody very tongue-in-cheek said, will it pass the pub test? Well, she's sitting drinking (laughs) wine. And I thought, no, it's it's not a good look. But um, she's, I mean, from what I hear... She's one of the hardest working ministers that, that, that they've got and they have. And, uh, but it, I'll just go back to it. It just didn't look good. I know her quite well. She's actually a, a very good minister, I think, and a good communicator yeah. as well because not everybody in the Andrews government is a good communicator. But well, Harold Summer thought, wow, is this, you hear the editor rubbing his hands together. Why I mean, wouldn't you? Because yeah. they, they, they have campaigned against Andrews so hard, so heavily. The other thing I wanted to raise today, Darren, was the death of Michael Gadinsky. Michael Gadinsky. Now, he, yeah. was, he's, he was a, you know, a, a central figure here in Victoria oh, yeah. and Australia in the music industry, really. He um, 
Molly Meldrum and a few other people, they were the music business. Oh, Molly Meldrum, Mushroom Records, which he started... Michael started Mushroom Records with my later manager, Ray Evans. And uh, so I've, I've known... I've known Gadinsk since oh, the late seventies, um, and they just then just starting out Mushroom Records. Uh, I, I'll tell you two stories. One, I, I was, it took me days to like many people to go over. And I was when I heard the news, I was lying in a dentist's chair, staring at the ceiling, and they have a TV set screen in the ceiling, and I usually don't even look at it. I just close my eyes and with the glasses on, but I was staring up at the ceiling, and suddenly it said valet, as in goodbye, and I thought, who's died? And suddenly Michael Gadinsky's name came up and I couldn't believe it. And I thought, because he's only 68 and he'd been out and about only a few days before, been on television doing this, organising, you know, COVID concerts and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, and this is not disrespectful, I'll tell you uh, my favourite Gadinsky story is that in 1978, just after I guess they were starting Mushroom Records and with Aussie artists, he was going out with a girl called Sue Smith who happened to be the PR woman for 3XY, the music station, you know, Foyfton and Winfoyne and Moyled. And they broke up. And she's a very attractive blonde lady, still is. And uh, so she started going out with me. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd go to some awful... Didn't take you long to pass. We'd, we'd go to awful, you know, night, night spots and Aussie, go and see Dragon, Mark Hunter, at, I think the, something called the Brunswick Club or somewhere. Anyway, we used to go to this place, I used to call it an ashtray with doors. Some of those rock venues were pretty awful. Mark Hunter was there um, with Dragon, dropping his dax at one o'clock in the morning and showing his pimply bum to the crowd. But anyway, we didn't go out for very long and... Um, Sue wants to confess to me, she said to me, Darren, the only reason I went out with you was to make Michael jealous. <laughs> Which, well, it must have made him jealous. Well, it worked because they got, because they got, they got married and until the day he died, they were together in a wonderful relationship for about, let me see, more than 30 years. Yeah. Well, Hinch, <laughs> Mr Hinch, you've been in the centre of everything in Melbourne for the last 40 years, including uh, that story. Okay, um, uh, thank you very much. For your time. We'll be back next week.